الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ثم قصد قلوبكم من بعد ذلك فهي كالحجارة أو أشد قسوة وإن من الحجارة لما يتفجر منه الأنهار وإن منها لما يشقق فيخرج منه الماء وإن منها لما يهبط من خشية الله أما الله بغافل عما تعملون صدق الله العظيم Most respected students, mothers and sisters, on many, many occasions, we have discussed something or the other about the heart. And indeed, the heart is at the heart of it all. This is an expression that is used when something is the main thing, that at the heart of it is this issue. So at the heart of it all is the heart itself. And therefore in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, that if the heart is in order, then everything will be in order. If the heart is corrupted, everything will be corrupted. In the Quran Sharif, Allah in numerous ayat, discusses the heart and in various ways this is brought to our hearts and minds that how much of attention we are supposed to be giving to our heart how much of effort we are supposed to be making in rectifying this heart and to the extent that Nabi Wasallam made dua in so many different ways for the purification of the heart, for the firmness of the heart on deen, for the heart not to get misdirected, for the heart to be linked to Allah wa ta'ala, so many du'as. One ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that deals with the heart, Allah ta'ala speaks about that heart which has become hardened and this was the kuffar Allah Ta'ala speaks about them that summa qasad qulubukum min ba'di dhalik fahiya kal hijarati aw ashaddu qaswa that your hearts became so hard just the meaning of it we are giving the crux of it that your hearts became so hard like a stone, a rock, like a stone, but even harder than a stone. Can we imagine sometimes when a person is described as stony-hearted, how terrible this description is, that he's stony-hearted. person feels insulted if somebody describes him as stony-hearted, that he doesn't have a heart, he has a stone. Allah Ta'ala is saying, not just like a stone, Harder than a stone. And in another hadith, Allah Ta'ala speaks about rust of the heart. Kalla bal rana ala That their hearts have become rusted. 
Imagine a car or some other, something metal, which is completely rusted. You can't even touch it. You don't want to even look at it too sometimes. It's so totally rusted completely. And here Allah Ta'ala speaks about it being hardened. And not just like a stone, even harder than a stone. Now how can it be even harder than a stone? So Allah Ta'ala says that أَوَ شَدُّ قَسْرَوْ وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ That are there are some stones, rocks, that from that very stone, entire rivers gush forth. Like you get some springs etc. coming out of rock. So there is some link under, but it came through the rock. The rock allowed it to come through. And the whole river is gushing out of that rock. So, insan, take a lesson from this. That this rock, how hard it is, but there is a whole river flowing out of it. And sometimes if there isn't a whole river flowing, there are some stones, وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَشَّقَّكُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَا That sometimes some stone breaks open. It bursts open. So even if there isn't a whole river flowing, but this يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَا Water comes out of it. There's a stone. It's completely hard. But it is not that hard that there is nothing in it. There's some water in that stone also. Then, there are some stones. وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا لَمَا يَهْبِطُ مِنْ خَشَّةِ اللَّهِ There are some stones that tremble with the fear of Allah Ta'ala and fall out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, come trum- crashing down out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So, O oh, insan, take a lesson from this, that how hard is your heart, that there is no good coming out of it, there is no fear of Allah Ta'ala in it, even the hardness of the stone feels embarrassed on this hardness of the heart, that it has no fear of Allah Ta'ala in it also, it doesn't feel any hesitation to do wrong, doesn't feel any kind of conscience pricking it, any conscience troubling it, that what am I going to do, how can I do such a thing, I'm a mu'mina, I'm a believer in Allah wa ta'ala, I'm a follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I have to stand in front of him on the day of Qiyamah, my a'mal are being presented to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa regularly, and what kind of pain am I giving to his heart, is that also not going to shake my heart? Is that also not going to bring any conscience alive within me? So the hardness of the stone also feels embarrassed on the hardness of this heart. That it is so devoid of any good. Now the issue is that how can a heart becomes, become so hard, so completely filled with hardness, that now whatever falls on this heart is just bouncing off. Whatever good somebody says to the person, it just bounces off that heart. Whatever the person reads, just bounces off. And the only thing now that this hard heart is seeking after all the time, is something that is also likewise, that is filled in darknesses, that is hard, there is no pleasure for this heart in those things that are good. 
there is only the inclination to be in evil. So what makes this heart so hard? So in the ayat that we just discussed just now, Kallabal Rana ala That this rust has come upon their hearts. But now what brings about this rust? So in the same ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Makanu Yaksibun, their actions. What they do, this creates this rust. Like you put metal in water, if that metal is far away from, especially close to the ocean, the moisture content is very high. But for that matter anyway, if you put metal in water, then it will start corroding over time. And if you keep it very far away from any moisture, any water, then it doesn't corrode. So you'll find that cars, vehicles, up country, which is far away from the coast, so the air is very dry. So there isn't this moisture in the air. So because this moisture is not in the air, you don't find the vehicles up country corroding. They don't catch rust so quickly. And whereas on the coast, somebody is living close to the beach, then very quickly everything starts catching rust because of this moisture. This moisture in the air. It settles all the time. And then that starts seeping into the very metal. And it starts corroding it. So this heart also, the moisture that comes onto this heart is that of the actions. The wrong actions. The sins. Now as it starts piling on, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, that when a person does a wrong action, one dark spot comes onto the heart. Then another wrong action, another dark spot. Now this is that rust. What they were doing, this is bringing that one after the other, one rust, one dark spot, then the second dark spot, the third dark spot, and then eventually this starts engulfing the heart. It starts engulfing the heart. And then the heart starts getting blind. In another ayat Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ It is not the eyes that become blind, but it is the hearts in the chest that becomes blind. Now a person that is blind, he doesn't know who is sitting next to him. It is his friend or is his enemy. Somebody comes and just sits down, he doesn't know who came, he can't see. And if that person starts just saying that I am your friend, he cannot see who this person is. That person might have got a dagger in his hand. That person might be pointing a gun at him. But he's saying, I'm your friend. But he's blind. The person who he's spoken to is blind. So he can't see what this person is up to. He cannot see that this person is going to now, is planning to harm me. This person is going to cause my destruction. He can't make any difference out because he's blind. So likewise, when the heart becomes blind then who is dragging us towards destruction, we can't see it. It's sometimes so clear-cut. Somebody is giving the next person haram, is giving the next person drugs. Now it is a cause of total destruction in this dunya. And it destroys the akhirat as well. Now it is so glaring that how harmful this is. But when the heart is blind, the person can't see the harm in it. The heart is blind. Everybody is saying it. He read it in the books. He read what what drug does. 
he read and heard about a long talk about all the harms and all the evils of drugs. But the heart is blind. Somebody has been giving, been given music that music is, now take this, there's a CD for you, or this is the latest song that I downloaded, or somebody is giving you a ticket to some music concert, free ticket, and transport provided also. So now, the heart, when it gets blinded, the person can't see anything wrong in it. And if somebody doesn't go, you see something is wrong with you, you are stupid. Everybody is going, what's, what's wrong with you? Now this is the height of blindness. That when the right starts looking as the wrong, and the harm is there glaring, that what is happening to people who are getting caught up in music? Their namazes are all gone. They are not interested in namaz. Recitation of the Quran Sharif is a far away thing. And if they recite out of force also, the heart is never there. The heart gets engulfed in all the evils thereafter. It brings various kinds of, other kinds of thoughts in the heart and mind. Evil inclinations. Inclinations towards immorality and vice. And then people actually get caught up in these things. And then they destroy their dunya, they destroy their akhirat. Because one thing leads to another. And this is the draw card now. It starts drawing from here. Then one thing leads to another. And in the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Al-ghina ruqyatu zina. That this music, this is the flute towards haram and adultery and all the kinds of vices. But now a person can't see it on the surface. And especially if the heart is blind, the person says, but what's wrong with this? In the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Al-ghina yummitun nifaqa fil qalb kama yummitul ma'u zara That music creates hypocrisy in the heart as quickly as water causes the crops to grow. That very quickly it starts growing when there's a good rain. In the next morning already you see the shoots are already out. And in a short time it's already growing. Faster than that, hypocrisy comes in the heart with music. Now a person hears this hadith. Others say to him, don't worry now later, we'll, it can't be so serious. Because there's blindness. There's blindness of the heart. Now when the heart is blind, then all the harms and the evils one can't see. And therefore Allah Ta'ala is saying, فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ That it is not the eyes that become blind. It is the heart within the chest that becomes blind. And now, each time now the person goes headlong into the harmful things, because now the person's heart is blinded. The person is now into music, the person is looking at haram, is chatting with boys, or is talking evil things with their friends. Now each time this carries on, this is Now these actions are causing further blindness. This is causing further darkness on the heart. And is bringing further rust. And is creating more hardness. Now, as it is, the heart was hard, or it was rusted, or there was darkness, and all these things combined as well. 
And now Makanu Yaksibun. The same now evil actions are happening further. The same music more. The same chatting is carrying on. The other haram talk is carrying on. And Shaitan uses this haram talk to create further waswasas. Now sitting and talking about illicit relationships and whatever else. So now this is causing further hardness. And it's causing further darkness. So as a result now this starts getting harder and harder and as hard as a stone and then harder than a stone. What the Quran Sharif speaks about. ثُمَّ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَهِيَ كَالْحِجَارَةِ أَوْ أَشَدُّ قَسْوَى So now the person gets blinded. Gets hard, gets blinded. I can't see the harm in music. Then the person only sees all the things that are harmful as good. And the good things, there's no good in it. The harm in the harmful things one can't see, blindness. For example, in clothing. Now what is the evil in all the western style of clothing? One can't make it out. There's a, there's a degree of blindness now. It's like a curtain. If a person is not totally blind, but there's a curtain on the window... I can barely see something outside. If it's some kind of maybe netting or something, and it's gathered quite a bit, you can see something happening outside, but it's not clear. It's very, very unclear. So now you are looking at it, and you're saying, no, it doesn't seem like anything serious. Just somebody is there, he's walking past. But that person is walking past, he's walking with a assault rifle. He's coming headlong towards you to shoot you, but you can just barely see a figure. You can't see that gun in his hand. You can't see what he's going to do with it. You just say, no, everything is fine. Because there's a degree of blindness. Either that curtain has fallen in, or there's something on the eye, there's a cataract. So this wrong actions, now that clothing, you can't see what is the harm in that evil clothing. Person can't see the harm in that jeans and tops. Say, but what's wrong with it? That, is, that becomes the question, what's wrong? That, because I can't see anything wrong. Now, no matter how much somebody tries to explain what is wrong, but I can't see the wrong. So you will never be able to see the wrong if that blindness remains. A blind person, somebody is saying to him that, look at this green uh, color in front here, on the, the lush fields in front, this crops, how green this lawn is. The person says, what, what green? I can only see black. So, okay, look at this blue sky. Subhanallah. What a wonderful, clear blue sky. This is what blue. I can only see black. I can only see darkness. See, look at this red rose. Subhanallah. What a beautiful, deep red color this is. This pink rose. So, what red and pink are you talking about? I can just see only black. I can only see darkness. Now you're showing the person this and that. And look at this uh, decoration on this food that is here and this. Um, whatever else, everything you're showing the person, he says, I can see nothing. I can only see darkness. I am blind. Now, likewise, when the heart becomes blind, Allah Ta'ala save us, then, when it becomes blind, it can't see the harm. And because of the hardness, it doesn't take the message. Everything bounces off. So, subhanAllah, in how many different ways we have been given the message? The one is Allah Ta'ala saying, that the heart becomes blind. Then in another ayat it becomes hard, harder than a stone. Now why these different descriptions? 
the blindness prevents the person then from seeing the harm. And the hardness now becomes an obstacle towards receiving the nasihat and advice. So now the person can't see the harm in the genes. See, what's wrong with the genes? But the genes has got so much of shaitaniyat and nafsaniyat in it, the person says, what's wrong with it? I can't see it. Now the person is being advised, that what is the harm in all this? He says, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Because all bouncing off that heart. The heart is hard. And whereas if we think about it in this way, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha has to come around today. And we open our wardrobes and show her this clothes. This is it's not uh, skin tight, but it just hugs the body. What do you think about it? Ask Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. Then you will know what is the harm in all the kind of clothing that people wear nowadays and regard themselves after that clothing also as pious. And they feel, no, we are very good. Only those who are walking half naked out there, they are the problem. We are very good. Whereas Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala had to be around today, Allah ta'ala made it such that she had to come and for one day see what is the kind of dressing that is taking place, how people are dressing nowadays, that everything is getting shorter, everything is getting tighter, and we are still just as pious. Our piety, nothing has happened to it. Everything is still fine. And this gets reflected even in children's clothing, little girls. There is no more izars now. It is something that hugs the entire leg. And... uh, that dress is so short that if a child barely bends over, then everything is now exposed. But this, this is a reflection of what is in our hearts. So how we dress. And our piety hasn't been affected in any way the, in our hearts. That is what we assume. That everything is fine. It's becoming v-necks and longer v-necks. But it's fine. Our piety is not... Because we are not like how those people are out on the street. But compare ourselves where we have come to. But now why can't a person see this? فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ Is that darkness is on the heart. There's a curtain, there's a veil. And now a person will say, but what's wrong with these jeans? Nothing wrong with it. Ask your own great-grandmother 50 years back, if you could take it back 50 years, that I want to wear these jeans. I'm saying great-grandmother. Because nowadays things have gone so far that the whole value system has changed. So take it 50 years back. 50 years too is far away, in fact. Maybe just take it about 35, 40, 35 years back, 30 years back also. And 30 years back also, most people that were around, I'm talking about, who may not regard themselves as very pious. Nowadays, after the jeans and t-shirt also, if somebody has got a scarf on her head, then without that, despite the jeans and t-shirt, she's got a scarf on her head. Subhanallah, she is very pious. She is a very good girl. And we just go back 35 years or 30, 35 years back. And that average woman who didn't regard herself as a pious lady, if somebody offered her that wear these jeans, she would have drowned in perspiration out of embarrassment. Think about it. 
She would have drowned in perspiration or embarrassment. Why? Why nowadays it's a source of pride, whereas the average person who didn't regard herself as, I am very pious, she probably 35 years ago didn't wear niqab. She 35 years ago didn't wear clothes. That was something which hardly anyway it was. 35 years ago, how many people in South Africa wore cloaks? Perhaps you can count them on the uh, fingers of one hand. 35 years ago, this was hardly heard thing. Niqam was a very, very, very rare thing. But there was still haya. Not that it was right that niqab wasn't being adopted. For one moment, don't misunderstand this that there was these deficiencies, which obviously wasn't the right thing, but there was still haya far greater than what there is nowadays with the cloak and niqab in many, many cases. Just to, just to elaborate on what we are speaking about, we get these kind of things coming up regularly. For example, person says that, uh, now he has some, acquaintance who's working in a library, non-Muslim, so that non-Muslim person tells him that so many of your people come, your people, they're wearing that thing on their face also. They're wearing that thing, now he's talking in his language obviously, they're wearing that black clothes and they're wearing that thing on their face also. And the type of novels that they are borrowing, this non-Muslim librarian, he knows what's in there. He is feeling ashamed. He's feeling embarrassed. So he's talking to his Muslim friend sometime. And in that process, he's, this is coming out, Muslim acquaintance or whatever they meet or something. And he's saying, but how, how can they be borrowing this kind of books? Now there's no haya that this person, he's going to know what I'm borrowing. There's no haya. To do the wrong is wrong enough. But to do it shamelessly is, it makes it compounded. But now where this comes from, that I can't be bothered who is... Not that if nobody knows, then I can do what I want. Allah Ta'ala knows all the time. The malaika also writing down. But then that level of haya starts dropping to the point where that one doesn't even bother about people also. It doesn't matter. I'm living my own life. Why must I worry about others? We got to worry about Allah Ta'ala's command. And we have to worry about whether we're heading to Jannat or Jahannam. And sometimes that azab comes in this world. So when that heart is blinded, then a person can't see what is the harm in the genes, for example. Or what is the harm in the type of friends that I have. That these people have a different inclination. They only talk about all haram things. They're talking about the movies they saw. They're talking about some music they heard, or what is the latest song, or they are talking about the fashion, and what latest fashion they're going to buy, and what they are presently going to uh, wear to this function and that function, and all these kinds. This is their talk. Now, if I'm going to associate with this kind of crowd, and with this kind of gang, then what is going to be the effect on me? No, no, this, this is an exciting group. Now, the heart, there's a degree of blindness coming in. So now the nasiyat is being given that look, be careful about who you befriend. Otherwise that is going to become your condition. But now if the heart starts getting hardened, then this bounces off. And a person can't see the harm in the kind of friends. People 
play all kinds of computer games. And they say, but it's innocent games. What is the problem with this? Are you going to make an issue of everything? Now this game is a game now. It's computer games now. Don't make such a big problem for everything. But those who know better, and we're not talking about those who know better in terms of some Imam Saab from the Mimbar or something. He knows better also. But we're talking about those who, the very people who make these games, from their circles, from non-Muslim circles, the research that they do, it brings us up. That what is the harm in this? How many situations have been where the computer games have been directly linked to severe aggression in the child? The child starts showing aggression even towards the parents also. The amount of immorality and vice that these computer games have been very, very silently implanting in the heart and mind, which is playing out later on. Many years back, and that is, I'm saying many years back, because Allah knows best where it has now gone to. I'm talking about when this was still in its early stages. So, one person is explaining the kind of game that you go through various stages. You go to conquer certain things. Now, it's a computer game. Sounds very innocent. Then you conquer certain stages. Then you go to the next stage. Then you go to the third stage. Then you go to the fourth stage. And as you progressing, now you start getting rewards. In the computer language, whatever that game. And as your rewards start growing, now one reward comes that now you get to enter the temple. Now there's like a huge building that comes in there. Now this is your reward. Now you entered the temple. Now imagine this mindset that is creating. Now the temple, whatever temple, is being associated with a reward. And now this person is working on it in the computer game to conquer the stages so I can get to that stage where I get this reward, enter the te- temple. Now when he enters the temple, there's certain other stages. Eventually he reaches the throne. These are words now. Now that throne, eventually he gets to. Now, uh, whatever language they used it there, but the crux of it is, that in, in, in simple terms, now when he reaches the final stage, his reward is, he gets to, they don't say it in that way, but simply it is like making sajda to whatever is supposed to be on the throne, that shirk, that idol. Now this is already getting implanted in the heart of the child. Shirk is getting implanted in the heart of the child. But it sounds very innocent. It looks very innocent. But these things are happening. And these silent messages are happening. Now the person is playing soccer the whole day on the computer. Now in his Namaz too he is scoring goals. And there is no then this starts consuming everything. Now, a person says, but you're becoming extremist now. But let us look little beyond our noses. What harm this is creating? And the harm in most of these things, initially it doesn't come up. It's not visible immediately. But when it does come and it does start showing itself, it's a slow poison. It's a slow poison. And drop for drop. But then eventually it starts eating up everything. And when it finally starts eating up everything, now it's too late to undo the damage. 
So many of these things don't seem to be harmful. It doesn't seem like there's any problem with it. But all these problems then crop up later, but the damage is already done. So we started off on this note that the heart, this is the heart of the issue. When the heart will change, everything will change. The heart will be corrupted, everything will be corrupted. Then a person, in the blindness of this darknesses that he has brought upon his heart, he can't see the harm in things, the harm in the wrong kind of clothing, the harm in the various other evils that carry on, the harm in associating with bad friends, with people who are talking all kinds of evil talk, people are talking things that are going to bring waswasas in our minds. Now some just like to talk about associating with the wrong people, or talking about illicit relationships, talking about who they are chatting with. Now what kind of waswasas this brings in the listeners' minds also? And now this will start replaying itself. And we think nothing about it. So therefore, we have to become conscious of this heart. Now the issue is, that this heart is now in darkness. This heart has become hard. Is there no chance for this heart? Is it a lost case already? Is it something that is hopeless now? No. It is not a hopeless situation. As long as there is life, there is hope. But, how much of life there is left, we don't know. We don't know whether we got tomorrow. We don't know whether we even got tonight. But as long as there is life, there is hope. But we don't know how much of life we have left. So we have to make use of the moment now. Now the issue is to remove this darkness from the heart. To remove this hardness of the heart. What is going to remove it? The first thing is sincere toba, From the depth of the heart. Feel that remorse. Feel that regret. And make that sincere toba. Ya Allah, I have made toba from all these evils. Whatever it may be. Somebody, maybe, I'm talking on a general note, whether it applies to somebody in the madrasa or not. That's not the point. Inshallah, it doesn't apply to anybody in the madrasa. Somebody is involved in music now. So to make that very sincere toba, Ya Allah, I've given this up forever. How could I have ever indulged in a haram like this? That remorse over that action. If there is anything that a person has in this regard, some CDO is downloaded somewhere, to delete all that, to destroy all that, immediately destroy it. So tonight, there won't be any traces of it left. So to, the two rakat salatu toba, crying to Allah Ta'ala, I have given this up. And I could, how could I have used these na'mas of these ears that you granted to listen to this kind of haram, to that which will create hypocrisy in the heart, to that which will harden the heart, feel that remorse, make that istighfar, keep making istighfar, excessive istighfar, once off at least make istighfar surround and spend an hour make istighfar 1000 times, for one day at least do that, so that will keep chipping off that hardness, chipping it off, chipping it off, and at the same time, it will create life in the heart. Some water will come in. Water of Toba. So that will, number one, remove that hardness. It will remove the darkness. But then, we have to keep dispelling the darkness. So the daily tasbihat, the istighfar, the durud sharif, the daily azkar, the tilawat of the Quran sharif, this is an extremely effective way 
of softening that heart and of removing the darknesses from the heart, of cleaning out the rust, the recitation of the Quran Sharif, with this niyat, with this conscious intention in the mind, that I am reciting the Quran Sharif to remove this rust, to remove this darkness, so then I will be able to see the harm as harm, and the good as good. And now when there is light in the heart, it will be attracted to things of light, it will be attracted to ibadat, it will be attracted to tilawat, to zikr, to dua, to, res- to righteous actions, to helping others. So, this is the things that we have to do. The tawbah, the istighfar, the remorse within us. Read about the incidents of those who have made tawbah. What kind of tawbah they made. How they took a U-turn in their lives. And how they then progressed in deen and became the very chosen servants of Allah Taala. And we keep listening to the advice of the Ahlullah. Keep listening to it. That too has a direct impact on the heart. Hazrat Mawiyunus many many bayans are on CD. We listen to that as an large daily. One is to listen for the sake of what's the subject matter. What is the topic? What is the knowledge contained therein? All that will come without even trying for it. You know, listen to the talk, you'll get the subject matter, you'll get the knowledge therein. That is not the object now. That itself will come. But with the object of bringing that impact on the heart so that the darkness of the heart is dispelled, this light comes into the heart and the hardness is gone, with that intention, then with that intention, even if you are listening to the same thing for a hundred times, but it will bring that impact, it will bring that effect. So, to listen to these talks, to read the books of the Ahlullah, many of Hazrat's kitabs have been published, read them, read them daily, Hazrat Mawashaki, Muhammad Akhtar Saab, Daan Barakatuhum, his kitabs are available in English, read them, read a little bit every day, one page, but with this niyat, with this intention, I'm not reading this for the sake of reading. I'm not reading this for uh, entertaining myself, occupying myself, just passing time. I'm reading for the sake of the noor that is in here. And to transfer this noor into my heart. So these are the things that we need to bring to mind. And these are the things that we need to uh, understand. So the aspect that we are discussing is that we occupy our hearts and minds with the correct things and soften that heart, remove the darknesses. And in this way we will find that our hearts will become softer, then that nasihat will impact on our hearts, we'll be inclined towards the correct things, we will then be distracted from the evils, we'll see the evil, we'll see the harm in the wrong things, and this will take us closer to Allah all the time because we'll be now refraining from the wrong we'll be more attracted towards the good things so again it comes to the point of the heart, the heart is the main thing of it all and we have to make an effort on this heart, keep our tongues engaged in the zikr, in the remembrance of Allah and we keep reciting istighfar, keep turning towards Allah day for day we'll find this change and totally avoid all kinds of talk that brings back hardness, that brings back darkness, listening to anything that brings back that darkness and hardness, 
looking at things that bring that hardness, otherwise this hardness starts compounding and it starts layering one upon the other. And eventually, then it becomes stone and in fact harder than stone. Allah Ta'ala forgive us and save us. Allah Ta'ala soften our hearts up. Allah Ta'ala remove the darknesses from our hearts and make us among His chosen servants. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين